Candace here. So glad to get to spend a little bit of time with you today on The Good Day. Here, we'll focus on finding grace in our ordinary days. We'll learn good days don't just happen. And even more, a good life doesn't just happen. There's a choice involved. Join me as we learn how to develop the discipline and cultivate a heart that seeks strength, joy, and peace and finds rest in the good day, one day at a time. So today we have Caitlin Garrison joining us, and from the first time that we interacted, I have just been blown away with this woman. She is so genuine, and I'm just thrilled that you're here so that everyone can get to see this in you too. So tell us just a little bit about yourself, what it's like living life in New Mexico, and <laughs> what you enjoy doing, and you know what's been planted in your heart that you're excited to share. Yeah, so again, my name's Caitlin, and I am a wife to my husband, Lance, and we're kind of enjoying this season of just us. We've got two crazy weird dogs and with personalities of their own, and we live in New Mexico in a small town called Alamogordo, and there's not much to do here, but there's lots of great people, so that makes it amazing. Um I am also a author of my first book that releases August 2022, and it is called Sweet Relief, so that's kept me busy in the margins, and then during my day-to-day life, I am a second grade teacher at a public school, and so I spend my days trying to make math and reading somewhat fun. There's a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot of craziness that goes (laughs) on in 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 those walls, so lots of fun there. Um, and then as far as what's going on in my heart with my book launching, I'm just really excited to get there. The message that's been on my heart really for the last five to six years with the world. So it's something that I've processed very privately, kind of, (laughs) kind of, you know, not really, but I I've processed more in the last five to six years and now it's time to, you know, write it down, which is really weird because I never, I didn't know I would get to do that. And so that's kind of been what's on my heart is taking all of those things that I've been learning and getting to share them with the world. So that is me in a nutshell. I love it. And I can identify I'm from Amarillo and it's the best people. Yes, absolutely. I will take community over target any day. Yes. (laughs) Although I love target. (laughs) Yes. Do love target. Yes. Well, you know, like I said, I felt a connection to you since the first time we interacted. And I think part of that is because we both share the love for teaching and mm-hmm. I don't teach anymore, but I used to teach kindergarten and oh, bless you. <laughs> Cause are you teaching is it second grade? Yep. Second grade. So they're a little, they're more independent than yeah. kindergartners. Yeah. But you know, they still say the funniest things. Oh and you catch yourself saying the most ridiculous things. Like uh-huh. one time I remember saying your tongue does not belong on your friend's shoe. like all these things I'm like I never dreamed I'd have to say that but here we are it's so I know Mm -hmm. are there anything any stories that come to mind of either something a kid has said or that you have said and you're just like oh geez (laughs) yes I feel like there's so many and I want to give you a good one but I do have this one that came like right to the top of my head yeah. that I have to share. And this happened actually my first year of teaching. Okay. Even so, you know, when you're like, I know what I'm doing, except I don't, um, yeah. that's that. Yeah. So we had just had a book fair and one of the little boys, he bought this Pokemon book uh-huh. and 
apparently not a lot of other kids in my class got it because he would bring that book to recess and there would be like a trail of 20 kids behind him. Like, let me see the book. Let me see the book. <laughs> and so they would all follow him like little ducks. And then they were like, you know, crowding to get around him. And I was like, I know his mama paid good money like for him to have that book. And so I told him, I was like, Hey buddy, I'm going to have you go ahead and keep that in class. Cause I don't want something to happen to your book mm-hmm. where it get ruined, get dirty at recess. La la la. So he's like, Oh, okay. And so we're getting ready to go to lunch and we're lining up. They're getting their jackets for recess. Yeah. I look at this little boy and I see under his shirt is like this little outline of a book, like tucked under his shirt. Yeah. And I was like, I had sent the rest of the kids to go. And I was like, do you want to tell me what you stuck under your shirt? And he was like, my Pokemon book. And I was like, buddy, do you know what it's called when you try to hide something from me in hopes that I won't see? It's like, what? And he said, I said, that's called being deceitful. You're trying to hide something and you don't want me to see. You're trying to be sneaky. You're trying to deceive me. That's called being deceitful. I was like, and it breaks my trust. And so um, you need to go put that book back and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so next day, another kid gets the Pokemon book. I give him the same spiel. Do not read it. Do not read it. Whatever. He lines up and we're lining up and I I did not see it, but he had shoved it under his jacket and carrying on. The other kid who I I had gone on to the day before stands up and he's like, Miss Garrison, Miss Garrison, Johnny is being deceitful. (laughs) Did you use that vocabulary? Vocabulary. Right? Yes. <laughs> but he's being deceitful. It was so funny. I was like, this is a proud teacher moment for sure. I love that. Well, Caitlin, I want to shift gears for a moment and talk about this book he wrote. You know, the striving tendency is something that I have to keep in check daily. And, you know, being an Enneagram one, I even remember just laying down for bed one night, just exhausted from just all the good things I'm doing, but still it's just mm-hmm. like this one thing after another and just thinking, goodness, is this just part of my DNA? Like Enneagram one, you kind of get boxed in. Like, is this just who I am or is there like something else? And so your book really talks about that there is another side to striving. And so mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, for those of us who kind of do get stuck in this, like, uh, low slogan if you will of never stop improving almost to a fault (laughs) you know how can we get unstuck yeah well I can relate to your one I have a one wing and so I for the longest time did not know where that part of me came from like neither one of my parents are like type a like it has to be a certain way la 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 and I feel like a lot of the people you talk to Mm-hmm. have that part of their personality because they're like oh my gosh my parents were so just on right. me all the time and that was not the case for me and my parents are both very like carefree and then you have this like checklist like little girl who's you know and so I come to find out that is a part of my personality and so I'm like oh okay <laughs> so I think when you have a personality that is just naturally achievement driven. Like that's just kind of the lens that you're looking at everything through, right? It's how you look at your school days of like, I want to impress my teacher and I want to get the best grades and I want to get all the awards and I want to do all the things and going into your work life and going, I want to get the highest 
approval of my bosses. I want to get the promotion. I mean, that's just the lens that you're viewing everything through. And I think we can easily, if we're not careful, kind of let that achievement drivenness bleed into our theology and what we think about God Mm -hmm. and that, okay, like, you know, Christianity or following Jesus just becomes another checklist of like, well, I can do all of these things. And the tricky part is, is just like we try to achieve to earn in the world is we can also think that we have to achieve to earn in our relationship with God. And so these things, these practices that Jesus left for us to do, like, you know, diving into the word and praying and just getting to know him, serving people, those can all just become check boxes Mm -hmm. and things that we do to try to earn something from God rather than things we do to get to know God and to, you know, run in the things that he's made for us. And so I think for me, the best way that I've been able to kind of check that and keep it in check is to pause and ask myself, okay, Caitlin, like in this moment, are you trying to earn something? Because like, if you're, you know, feeling guilty because you didn't get your, however many days of reading your Bible in, like, are you feeling guilty because you feel like you didn't earn something or, and usually like, if I can feel that like internal pressure kind of building, I know. Yeah. I am trying to earn something. I think by me doing this, that God is going to somehow be more pleased with me or that I'm going to earn some kind of brownie points from him. Um, And in that moment I can say, okay, like this is not about earning. Like it's, it doesn't, this isn't me trying to earn something from God because I can't. And really just pointing myself back to the gospel and saying like, you can't earn what Jesus has already won on your behalf. And so just being able to point back to that and then going back to those same things and maybe, you know, shifting my perspective to see them differently and not like, oh man, I'm feeling this ache to be with God because I was made for God because I was made to be with him and long to be with him. Like there's this part of me that longs for that, that doesn't need to feel guilty, but me, you know, let that drive me. It's a longing. Mm -hmm. And so I think really just checking it with, Am I trying to earn something? That would be the biggest thing. Well, and that intentional pause that you talked about, like to check your motivation. Is it transactional or is it the longing? Is it the desire for the relationship? Striving, when I think about what it actually looks like, it's like me just like gripping onto the steering wheel. You know, my hands are just clenched tight and red and exhausted. But surrender is really me like opening my hands. Sure, like things can be taken away out of my hands. Like God can mm-hmm. choose to take away. And I think that's what scares me and keeps me from doing it. But also, and now have the ability to receive whatever he might have for that's me. Beautiful. In every area of my mm-hmm. life and even finances and everything. It's like, wow, now that my hands are open, you know, I am actually in a posture of praise. And that has been such a big shift for me. And so... Anyway, I'm just curious, like, what freedom have you found for in one area of your life? I have definitely felt the freedom in kind of those practices that I was talking about earlier. I used to be just so checklist thinking about. So, like, one was, like, having my time reading my Bible, um, praying, Mm -hmm. being involved, you know, in some kind of ministry uh, discipling people and probably, uh, let's see, like telling others about Jesus, just kind of those practices, like measuring sticks of righteousness, which is 
an unbelievable burden to carry. Right. But I did not feel free to do those things. I wasn't doing them to enjoy God. I was trying to do something to earn something from God. And so once I kind of learned about like that, the righteousness that I bring to the table mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> it's grace. Yeah. Yeah. And You're so learning the table <laughs> to begin with. Yeah. Like learning, learning about what it meant to be justified before God, that the righteousness of Christ is literally placed on me. Like it is his righteousness that is given or imputed to me. And knowing that like, oh my gosh, I am running for something I already have. I've been given the righteousness of Christ and these things are not things I have to do to somehow maintain that righteousness, but they are things that I can do to be formed into the image of God and to know him better and for him to be formed in me. And so they be, it became about getting to enjoy him and um, getting to be formed by him into the likeness of Christ more and more and more and more. And so those things came out of a place of freedom of like, oh, oh my gosh, like I cannot wait to dive into this deeper or even feelings inside of like, oh my gosh, I have to tell someone about Jesus. So I can check the box. Instead of like, I've been freed and I want to share the ways that I've been freed with other people. Like that whole motivation being switched was incredible. And so I would say just being free to walk in those practices that Jesus did um, from a place of freedom and not from a place of trying to measure my own righteousness. Yeah. No, I mean, just being very task oriented myself, you know, I can identify that with that and seeing like, the motivation is the enjoyment. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we get so focused on finishing tasks, but it's like, wait, did I even enjoy doing that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so one thing I really do so appreciate about your writing, and I think it's that teacher background in you, is your attention to prepositions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Words, but I love it. They do that paradigm shift, you know, and I think mm-hmm. when we're, our intentions are pure a lot of times and we're just running our race and trying to live out our faith, we get caught up working for God. And so curious what your perspective is on that. Yes, I am a grammar Nazi. And so <laughs> prepositions matter. Uh-huh. Um, but like you said, like when we have the mentality, I am working for God, we can make a tiny switch in prepositions and it makes a drastic difference in the way that we do life. Because when we realize that we aren't working for God, but rather we're called to run and partner and work with God, then we experience that relief because all of a sudden it's not about my skill set, my abilities, my performance, or what I bring to the table, but instead it becomes about Christ's efficiency, the spirit's empowerment and his agenda and what is important to him. And so um, when we believe that we're working for God, we're going to find ourselves caught up in these cycles of striving, trying to run in our own strength. But when we live in the reality of the gospel, we live as those who strive and run on mission and run with his strength, which we can find um, an amazing verse in Colossians first one twenty nine, where it talks about um, striving with his strength. It's not that we don't run and that we don't give effort, but we do it with his strength. And so we're running and relying on God at the exact same time. And that's his design. And that's what we were made for. That's how we were intended to run. So not working for, but working with. Prepositions matter. (laughs) It's that partnership. 
the beginning of season three, I was speaking with Stephen Roach, who wrote the book Naming the Animals, and he pointed out the very first partnership that God created was at the very beginning with Adam when he allowed him to partner in his creativity to name the animals. And that's just a verse that I always just like skimmed over easily so many times, didn't pay any attention. And now it's just like, how cool is it that God, you know, allowed us to enter into that partnership with him and creativity. You know, he didn't name that. He didn't even like come back and say, Oh, you named it wrong. That was clearly not a Buffalo that, you know, whatever. Um, But he, he invites us into that creativity and in the same way with the mission, like running with him. I, I just love that. So. so before we go, I do have to ask, I'm on this journey myself of just trying new things and getting out of my comfort zone. And so to help me stay accountable to that, I've actually started a YouTube channel called Let's Try That. I love it. I've watched it. <laughs> Now I'm putting you on the spot. What is something that you have tried, um, whether you failed or succeeded, and or that you plan to do just for fun? Okay, so this can be something I haven't done yet, but I want to. It can be that. Okay. Okay, because I have something for you. And maybe. Maybe. Okay. So I want to go to a trapeze park. I did not know they had these, but I saw on somebody's Instagram that for their birthday, they went to this trapeze park where you could like climb this ladder and do these trapeze things. And they would like pull the string and it would swing you. And there was somebody on the other side that would like catch your hands. You're hanging on with your knees upside down. You are. Like you're swinging and then you grab the person's hands and like can try to flip off. That I want to do it so bad. I've been looking like, what's the nearest trapeze park that I, and I am going to tell my friends, like, you're coming with me and I hate heights. And so it just feels like one of those things that feels fun and terrifying that I want to do. Yes. No, I think that's a good thing like for your birthday. Cause then people feel a little obligated to say yes. <laughs> I'd be like, it's my birthday. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll do it for my 30th birthday. Like yes. just like I'm 30. I'm going to trapeze. Yes. I trapeze wrote the friend into skydiving for my 25th. So. <laughs> okay. I'm not doing that. Candace. I'm yeah, not. You cannot. even scarier. At least I'm connected <gasps> to someone. <laughs> but there. like there's a foam pit that catches you. Like if the parachute doesn't catch you, like you die. <laughs> well, that's true. You just don't read those stories before you go. <laughs> yeah, my brother did it, and I was very proud of him. I was very proud of him. But you'll have to let me know if you end up going. I will. I want to go so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, let's choose to do more than just agree with Caitlin. You know, let's put this mustard seed of faith that we've gained today into action. Jesus did more than just ask for agreement. From his disciples, he was asking them to participate. And so let's join in. And maybe there's someone in your life who is kind of stuck in this cycle of striving that Caitlin talked about. You know, let's share this freedom with them. The book is called Sweet Relief, and we are so excited. I know I am, I've already purchased my copy, so um, all the kid, cool kids are doing it, so you need to <laughs> grab a copy. And um, Caitlin... We're just so thankful to spend some time with you today, and we'll have to chat again soon. I know this is just the first of many books for you, so anyway, thanks. lots of love to you, friend, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. 
Let's find strength in Christ and joy as we remember it's not about being good enough according to the law because we never could be, but that Jesus clothes us in his righteousness. May our peace grow as we daily choose to wear the grace he poured out on our behalf and may we rest knowing he did it all because he loves us so deeply. The good life, well, it starts with a good day, then another, then another. Let's choose to live the good day, one day at a time.